Welcome to the Celebration Church Podcast. We are so glad you've joined us and we hope you are encouraged by today's message. Here we are, uh, Psalm 100. If you've participated in our recent um, foundations classes that we have recently launched uh, on Sundays here at the church, uh, you're gonna learn, uh, if you haven't jumped in, jump in this Sunday, but, but what you're gonna learn is that uh, the topic of praise uh, and wasn't worship just awesome tonight? Praise and worship, man. They just, do a, they just do such a good job. I cry all the time down there on the front. It's just so anointed. And, uh, but the topic of praise uh, is one of our four foundations. Pastor's been talking about it for a while since the Easter uh, kind of holiday passed. And, 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 and so tonight I wanna dive in on some more praise stuff. I feel the atmosphere is fitting. We just came out of an awesome moment uh, of praise and worship. And we're gonna even get into some more before we leave tonight. Uh, but here in Psalm 100, I love it. It's not a long Psalm, it's only five verses, but it's powerful uh, if you'll grab onto it and you'll really receive it. Let's look at it together. It'll come up on the screen to your left and to your right. It says this, shout for joy to the Lord, all the earth. Now just stop right there. That's an invitation. That's what that is. That, that, that's an invitation from God to the entire earth that you are welcome to come into atmospheres and join me in praise. God sends out an invitation into the earth. I, I don't know, but, but if a king in, in the earth were to extend an invitation or a president or a prime minister somewhere, like, like that's a very exciting thing to, to come and be in his presence. But yet here the Lord is, the creator of the heavens and the earth, and he is extending to all mankind an invitation to come and worship and praise him. Right? That's something I wanna to respond to because I know if he's inviting me to come and participate in that, then he's gonna do something really unique while I'm there, right? In all the earth, worship the Lord with gladness, come before him with joyful songs. Know that the Lord is God, it is he who made us and we are his. We are his people, the sheep of his pasture. Let's pause right here. Um, the writer of this particular passage right here is, is painting a picture to you and I that when you know that you are in the right pasture, the, the, the pasture of a good shepherd as scripture would define our God, the good shepherd, I, I'm talking about the shepherd who would leave 99 to come after you. A, a good shepherd who scripture says leads us beside calm waters who restores my soul. A shepherd who would willingly put himself between me and anything that would wish to devour me. Like when you know you're in the field of the good shepherd, that when he is yours and you are his, what the writer is saying is that this thing called praise, it should just be like, like, just like, just like ease and freedom. It should, it should come so freely. It will not be heavy. It will not be weighty. It will not be uh, filled with anxiety. It should just come with a freedom and a joy. Why? Because I know I'm in the right field. Amen. I know I'm in the right field. And when I know I'm in the right field, who can harm me when I'm in the right field? When my shepherd is the good shepherd, what, what chance does the enemy actually stand when I know I'm in the right field? Boy, praise comes just like, just, just what an ease, what a freedom we can enter into praise when I know I'm his and I'm in the right field, right? He is my shepherd and I am his. Verse four, enter his gates with thanksgiving. Now we've been mentioning this verse a lot this year. 
Pastor's been bringing it up a lot. Uh, we're entering his gates with thanksgiving, his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name. Now, I wanna show you why that right there, verse four, you, if you're an underlined kind of person, I want you to underline verse four in your Bible, write it off to the side, something like that. I think messed up Bibles make unmessed up Christians. So just go ahead and write some stuff in there, okay? Uh, in the margins, right? Um, but I wanna let you know why this is such a praiseworthy verse in Revelation right here. Because in the day of Psalm 100, like if you lived while this was being written, right? Enter his gates with thanksgiving, enter his courts with praise. If you were a Jewish person in this time frame, like you're coming to, to praise God, you're, you're, you're coming to temple, but watch this, the closest you were ever gonna get to the presence of God was gates and courts. Average people like you and I, we weren't allowed into the Holy of Holies. You weren't allowed into the inner court. It was for just for a few priests, only a select few times a year were they allowed to, to go into the actual presence of God where they would experience the presence. I just want you to think about this. Think about good Jewish people who wanna worship their God, but as close as they're ever gonna get to his presence was gates and courts. I would imagine that they would hold dinners at their house sometimes and they would sit around and they would ponder, I wonder what it's like in the Holy of Holies. I wonder what the priest feels when he goes in there. I wonder what he experiences. I wonder what God says to him when he's in there. I wonder what the presence feels like. I wonder if, is, is it tangible? Is it, does he see God? Does he feel God? Does he, does, how does he encounter God? I bet they pondered all the time. What does his presence feel like? But yet every time temple was open, boy, they're there at gates and courts bringing their very best praise. But yet here you and I are. 2018 and you and I live in the dispensation where now Jesus has now come he lived a sinful life died rose again from the dead and now the veil has been torn so the presence can now be accessed anytime any day for us so how much more should we praise when I don't just have to sit at gates and courts anymore but I get to enter in to the holy of holies and experience the presence of our God Man, I just, God was wrecking me about this. Like if people were so fired up back in Psalm 100 just to get gates kind of close, how much more fired up should we be that his presence resides on the inside of us? Boy, that challenged me. See, sometimes in church, when, when you don't have that revelation, sometimes in church you'll say things to yourself like, well, you know, it's not really the chorus of the song right now, so I'm gonna get excited when the chorus comes. I really like the chorus. I'm not really a verse kind of guy. I'm really more of a chorus kind of guy. I'll raise my hands during the chorus. You know what, I don't really know these words. I, I'm just not gonna sing them right now, but I really like the bridge. So when the bridge comes, I'll start singing because I like the bridge. No, no, no. Like, do you understand? People in Psalm 100, they would kill to experience what you and I experience right now. All they got as the, the closest vantage point they had was gates and courts. But boy, you and I get to walk straight into his presence. How much more should worship just overflow out of our life that I get to experience that from God? Let's keep reading. Verse five, for the Lord is good and his love, another version says his mercy endures forever. His faithfulness, another version would say his truth, continues through all generations. Understand this, church. Um, his love and his faithfulness are fountains that never run dry. They never run dry. Bible says his mercy endures forever. 
His mercy never runs dry. Can I let you know something that has helped me? Praise comes a lot easier when you realize you are a monument of mercy. You're a monument of mercy. Me, you know what I am? I am a walking, talking, freestanding monument and memorial of the mercy and the goodness and the faithfulness of God. If I should do anything in this life, it should be to lift up praise to the one who has extended me those things in the first place. I'm a monument of his mercy. I'm a memorial of his goodness. Of course, praise should flow out of my life. Wasn't no one else giving out mercy, but he gave it to me. No one else's love really endures forever. His endures forever for all generations. If, if my life does anything, it should be to let praise overflow. See, my hope is just by the end of this message, man, you just got another new revelation on praise. We stop coming in here waiting for our song and we just start entering in because boy, he's been good and he's been faithful and he lets me into his presence. He extends to me this invitation that I sure don't deserve, but boy, I'm coming in saying, God, thank you so much that you let me experience your presence. Think about this. Who am I to deserve such an invitation that he would let me come in to his presence? Who am I? Who am I that the king of everything, the king above all kings and the Lord above all lords would extend an invitation and say, Clay, come into my presence. Boy, we're, we're, we're blessed that God lets us come in. Look at 1 Chronicles chapter 16 and then we'll jump into some, some message points and stuff. Verse 23, just another verse, a few verses on praise. Sing to the Lord all the earth. Proclaim his salvation day after day. Declare his glory among the nations, his marvelous deeds among all peoples. For great is the Lord and most worthy of praise. He's to be feared above all gods. For all the gods of the nations are idols, but the Lord made the heavens. Splendor and majesty are before him. Strength and joy are his dwelling place. Ascribe to the Lord, all you families of nations. Ascribe to the Lord glory and strength. Ascribe to the Lord the glory, do his name. Bring an offering. Someone say offering. Bring an offering, a praise offering and come before him. Worship the Lord in splendor of his holiness. Tremble before him all the earth. The world is firmly established. It cannot be moved. Let the heavens rejoice. Let the earth be glad. Let them say among the nations, the Lord reigns. Don't you just love praise? The opportunity that we get. You know, one thing that has always separated churches like ours from maybe other churches and other denominations is the way that we praise God. Just kind of separates them. You know, it's not like, oh, one's right, one's wrong. It's just, we're, we're, we're different. We're very expressive. Here at Celebration, uh, we, we sing, we shout, we see people who kneel at, at times in the altar. And, 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 and so that's how we express our praise to God. Why do we do that, right? Because we've come to praise the name above all names, right? King Jesus. Why do we do that? We do it because he, he, he comes and he is enthroned on our praises. Psalm 22 would say that. I, I don't know if they have it. Write it down. It's a very familiar, familiar passage, right? He inhabits the praises of his people. So watch this. Let me help you understand what's going on. Uh, when we started praising Jesus tonight, we were responding and saying yes to an invitation that he extended to us to come and be with him. Watch this. Um, a lot of us, we get the invitation backwards. See, so often we grew up in, in churches and, and I'm not bashing us because we've all done it, but a lot of times this has been our approach. God, we invite you to come and meet with us. You got the invitation backwards. 
we don't invite him. He has invited us. He's invited us to come in. He wishes to encounter us. You, you can't invite someone to their own house. You can't invite me to my own, it's my house. You know what I mean? I don't get an invitation to come to my own house. I, I, it's my house, right? We don't invite him, he's invited us. All, all the earth are welcome to come in and encounter it. He extends the invitation because he so badly wants to encounter us, change us, do something extraordinary in us, never leave us the same. This is the, like just, you gotta wrap your mind around this, that the God who made everything, he's let you in. He's let you in. See, see, back in, in king days, this kind of stuff in Psalm 100 would have blown their mind because they know you never approach a king unless you get an invitation. And so when they think of king of kings and he's extending an invitation, it would have been mind-blowing that we actually get to come into the presence of the one who rules everything. Man, I'm telling you, it'll change your praise perspective when you realize that he's extended this invitation and we get to come in and be with him. How many of you know though that the enemy can't stand it when we come into his presence? Enemy can't stand it because he knows that with the presence of God comes his power, his anointing, his blessings, and his miracles. I'll say it like this. The enemy knows that when the children of God come into the presence of God, that the miracles of God begin to take place. I'll say it again, it's worth writing down. He knows that when the children of God come into the presence of God, that the miracles of God begin to take place. And the enemy does not want you experiencing the miracles of God. Why? Because he wants you to live defeated lives. He wants you to live a life that is so defeated, so absent of praise. Watch this, if the enemy can keep you away from praise, then he knows he can keep miracles away from you. Because praise ushers in his presence and where his presence is, there's miracles. The best chance the enemy has at keeping miracles out of your life is keeping you away from praise. So when you think about it like that, it's no wonder that, that the devil will throw everything plus the kitchen sink at you to keep you lazy and busy and, and indifferent on Sundays and Wednesdays. Why? Because he knows it's two days during your week where you have the opportunity to join other believers and to come into an atmosphere of praise. And if he can keep you out of an atmosphere of praise, he'll keep miracles out of your life. I don't know about you, growing up, man, it was, like, it was like church days were always like the biggest fight days in our family. I don't know, what, my dad was a pastor. I don't know, for some reason, Sunday mornings were the worst. And getting ready, family hates each other. You didn't know you could get in that much fuss in, in just in the bathroom for a few minutes. But like, it was like everyone woke up on the wrong side of the bed. Well, why does stuff like that get stirred? Anything to keep you from praising. Anything to keep you out of the house of God. Because when the children of God encounter the presence of God, the miracles of God begin to take place. He wants to keep us away from praise. So what I wanna do the rest of, of tonight with the remaining 21 minutes, oh, that clock is so fast, <laughs> is I wanna, I wanna teach us something, maybe something you've never considered before, preach to us something um, that I am certain uh, the devil does not want you to know. And it comes out of 1 Chronicles chapter four, Verse one, it says Judah was the father of five sons. Another version says descendants. Judah was the father of five sons, Perez, Hezron, Carmi, Hur, 
and Shobal. That's it. <laughs> That's all we're gonna read. Uh, the rest of the message is gonna come straight out of that one simple genealogical sentence right there. See, if you're taking notes, I wanna talk to you on the sons of praise. The sons of praise. Why don't we pray? I'm gonna let my Brazilian brother who's been with me on the keys go ahead and take a break. And then we're gonna get into the rest of the message. So Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you for your word. It shapes us, it sharpens us. And God, I, I, I ask that you would show us things that we've never considered tonight so that it will change our perspective on praise. God, it's a weapon that when used rightly helps us experience so much when we cultivate it in our life and, and, and just use it routinely over and over. It becomes habit and it becomes something that is just so in us, God, an atmosphere of praise and a posture of praise. And so, Lord, speak to us tonight. We love you, and we're thankful for your word that helps us with so much. God, in Jesus' name, we pray it all. Amen? Amen. Amen. Sons of praise. Um, who in here tonight, um, by a show of hands, and watching at our other locations, church online, who in here, um, by a show of hands, you have children? Raise your hand. You have children. It's a lot of people. Awesome. A lot of people have children at our locations. I'm sure hands are going up all over the place. Uh, I love kids, right? I'm I'm sure you do too. Uh, My wife and I, Bethany, we have a three-year-old little boy. He's going to be four in a couple months. He's he's great. He's awesome. I love kids. I mean, what a blessing children are, right? Like, what a blessing from God they are once they're potty trained. It's amazing. Um, Before that, uh, after that, worthy is the lamb. So... Um, they're, they're great, right? Uh, I, kids are awesome. One, what I've found out is um, one of the funnest, is funnest a word, hun? It's not a word. It's a word tonight. So um, my wife is an English uh, major, and so she knows. Um, but one of the most exciting, funnest things uh, about having a baby or figuring out you're going to have a baby is naming the baby. I love it. It's like, it's like my favorite thing about it, I think, uh, because it gives you a chance. You're, you're, you're super hype anyway, but it gives you a chance to be creative. You sit around for days and weeks and months sometimes thinking of what are we gonna call this new child, right? What are we gonna do? And you're thinking of like creative names. You're thinking of, I don't know about you, like, okay, can we mix like old school names with new school names and come up with new combinations? Can we incorporate a family name? Perhaps, you know, all that kind of stuff. Do we use a Bible name? You know, do we throw some Bible in there? Something like that. You know, my, my parents did that. So me, you know, I'm Clayton Daniel, right? So Daniel in the Bible. My brother, uh, we, we call him Tyler, but his name is Matthew Tyler. So we got some Matthew right there. My sister, her name is Kaylin Rama. Now, Rama actually means that which the Lord said. The reason my parents named her Rama is because she was a prophetic word that actually came to my parents that they were gonna have her. Um, me and my sister are 11 years apart, so that's a pretty big gap. Uh, they weren't expecting kids, but surprise, baby girl. So, um, and, and so because she was like a prophetic child, they threw in a, a prophetic name, Rama, right? And, and so a lot of people have fun with naming their babies. And so maybe also by a show of hands, is that you? Who in here loves um, to, to discover and really think through the meaning of names for your children? Like before you named your kids, you're like, I wanna know what it means before some people held their hand up. I love naming kids. Oh, I didn't think about the, the meaning. I, didn't, I, just, I don't even know what it means. <laughs> but uh, it's okay, it's okay. Maybe you'll have more, who knows? So, um, but some people are really into it the meaning of names. Like whenever I I think of a new name, I always let Bethany know. I'm like, hey babe, what about this name? The first thing she does is she goes to figure out what it means. 
Like, and most of the time it comes back some bogus, bizarre thing. And I'm, she's like, we can't use that. It just means something weird. And so, so we ditch it. But, um, but the meaning of names, it's actually really, really important. And so uh, if you've been around church for any decent length of time, you've probably heard someone reference the fact that the name Judah means praise. Judah means praise. We, we read that scripture right there. Judah had five sons. Judah means praise. So I got to thinking um, if Judah means praise, then what happens when we look at the meaning of the names of his sons? So Judah had five sons. He had, he had five descendants, generations of sons. Uh, Judah produced five sons in the earth. So follow me on this. Five sons that followed praise. Or it could be said like this. What did praise produce? And as I begin to study the names of these five sons, what I realized is that there are some things that praise in itself can produce in our lives. If we'll cultivate praise, it'll produce some really, really good stuff. And that's what we're gonna look at tonight. The sons of praise. You're gonna wanna take some notes and write some things down. Son number one, the Bible says his name is Perez. Now the name Perez in the original language means breaking forth or breakthrough. In fact, the Hebrew word implies a place of victory. See, I believe that oftentimes there are people of God who come into the house of God, but they come in with distress, dismay, discomfort, disappointment, depression. And what you need to realize is that praise is tied to our release. Praise is tied to our release from the discomfort. Praise is tied to your release from the depression, from the discouragement, from the disappointment. Praise is tied to the release because praise gives birth to a breaking forth. The enemy doesn't want you to realize any of this. He doesn't want you to realize that if you will break through in praise, God will break forth in your circumstance. I'm here to tell you tonight, you're gonna leave here tonight with a whole new perspective on praise. And you're gonna realize it's not just four catchy songs at the beginning of church, but it's actually a moment where God can break forth in your circumstance if you will cultivate it and stir it up in the moment. Praise is a valuable weapon and some people are just sitting on it. Don't sit on praise. Don't sit on praise. It's doing more than you even realize it's doing. If you will stir it up, if you will break through, God will break forth. Praise produces a breakthrough. You see, the devil doesn't care how many times you come to church just as long as the anointing doesn't break forth. He doesn't care how much we sing just as long as the anointing doesn't break forth. He doesn't even care how much we preach just as long as the anointing does not break forth. So here's the question, what happens when we break through? What happens when we offer? You remember offering, we said it together. What happens when we offer up praise to God? God starts to break forth. I thought of some moments in scripture, the Bible tells us, you know, the Bible tells us Sarah offered up her barren body and a son broke forth. Moses offered up a rod and deliverance broke forth. Gideon offered up 300 men who had trumpets and pitchers and some lamps and a victory broke forth. Samson offered up his strength and power broke forth. David just offered up himself and he killed lions and bears and a giant and a king broke forth. I wonder what's gonna break forth when we start offering up praise. 
I wonder what kind of healing is going to break forth when we start offering up praise. I wonder what kind of provision God's going to bring when we start offering up praise. Boy, it is endless and limitless what can break forth when you get a spirit of praise flowing through your life. Perez, breakthrough, break forth. It's a son of praise. See, I, I, in, in almost 12 years of full-time ministry, though, I'm, I'm not too dumb to realize that there's people who are sitting in all of our locations right now, and some people would say, listen, preach. I hear what you're saying, but if we could just go to coffee for a few minutes and we could sit down and I could explain to you what's going on in my situation currently, you would realize why I'm not too psyched on praise right now. Like, oh, we've heard it, I've heard it over and over. I, why, why I'm not really pumped on praise right now. Just let me explain some things to you. And, and so my response would be this. Let me take you through this. Um, uh, I love going to airports because airports are one of the greatest people watching places on the planet. Like you didn't even know that existed until you saw it walking down a terminal. You know what I mean? You're like, what is that? You know, like you, you saw it in the airport. You didn't even know it was out there. You saw it at the airport. So um, airport has all kind of people. Uh, one thing I noticed about an airport that is always very fascinating is when I see an individual who is not dressed for where they are currently, but they're apparently dressed for wherever they're going. You ever seen that person in the airport? I was in JFK Airport one time up in New York. It is snowing. It's the middle of winter. And I see a dude walking through the terminal. He's got shorts and flip-flops on. He's got like a Hawaiian shirt and a, just a little tiny jacket. And I'm like, that just, it just doesn't look right. It is pouring Something is wrong with his wardrobe. Something is wrong with his outfit. He is certainly not dressed appropriately. You see, he's not dressed for where he is currently, but he's dressed for where he's gonna be eventually. That, that, that wardrobe makes no sense for your currently, but it makes a lot of sense for your eventually. See, that's the same with praise. Some, God, I don't got anything to praise about. No, no, no. My praise isn't about my currently. It's about what God's going to lead me to eventually. I'm not praising for currently. I'm praising for eventually. I wish someone would give God praise right now for what is eventually out in front of you. I'm not praising for right now. I'm praising for what's ahead. I'm not praising for currently. I'm praising for eventually. I'm always praising for eventually. Eventually, God's gonna do it. Eventually, he's gonna show himself faithful because he always does and it endures forever. I don't just praise for the here and now. I praise because of what God's gonna lead me into, right? Breakthrough happens when we praise. Second son, I gotta move fast. Hezron. Hezron, his name actually means courtyard. It literally means a place surrounded with walls. Church, listen to me. I am convinced that praise will bring you to a place of protection. See, this is where faith comes into play. No matter what you are facing and how scary and unnervy it may be right now, if you will praise anyways, if you will praise anyways, praise will produce protection in your life. We don't have time to read it tonight, but the biggest mistake the devil made in Daniel chapter three, you can go read it when you get home. The biggest mistake the devil made, Daniel chapter three, with the three Hebrew boys, is he should have never put them in the fire together. You should have. 
You should have never put them in together. Come on, man. Come on, devil. You should have never put them in together. Not together. Not to, now, now there's a community. Now they can feed off each other's faith. Now they can praise together. Now they can encourage one another. Now they can stand up with one. You should have never put them together. You know what the devil's biggest mistake tonight was? Letting all of us come up in here together. He should have never let us come together. He should have, because now my praise can help your praise and your praise can help my praise. You should have never put us together. Does he not know the scripture that where two or three are gathered and agree upon any one thing in his name? There he is in the midst of them. He should have never, he should have never put them together. Never put it. You see, that's what praise does. When I praise and you praise and she prays and, and he prays, boy, it's just all this praise. You know what it's doing? It's putting protection. It's building up walls of protection. Let me speak to the dads. Dad, you know what the greatest thing you could do for your family is begin to foster and cultivate your own praise because it will put a hedge of protection around your household. Don't let your wife lead praise. I ain't trying to start nothing, I promise. All I'm saying is start to lead out with praise, man. It'll bring protection on our households. You see, in what was perceived in a fiery furnace as a place of danger, God says, no, no, it's not a place of danger, it's a place of protection. It became a place of protection because three Hebrew boys decided, I'm not gonna praise what is false, I'm gonna save my praise for what is true the one true God, and it became a place of protection. Somebody, you feel like you're in the midst of a fiery furnace and there's walls of flames and troubles all around you, the best thing you could do is go home tonight and before you go to sleep, go into your living room and just stir up for a little bit, for about 15, 20 minutes, just an atmosphere of praise and what has been a place of danger will become a place of protection. That's what praise does. Third son, third son, Carmi, Carmi. Carmi means a gardener of a vineyard. A gardener of a vineyard. You see, praise produces a place of growth. Growth. If you will praise, it will help your faith grow. See, now a lot of people play this one backwards. It's not faith, then my praise grows. It's praise, then my faith grows. If you'll praise, your faith will grow. If you praise, it will help your devotion to God grow. If you praise, it'll help your consistency in your walk with God grow. If you praise, it will help your knowledge of truth to grow. If you praise, it will help your determination grow. You see, listen to me, church, write this down. Order matters to God. God is a God of order, and order matters to him. And the order is praise, then growth. I'll prove it to you. Luke chapter 17, on the way to Jerusalem, he was passing along between Samaria and Galilee. As he entered a village, he was met by 10 lepers who stood at a distance and lifted up their voices saying, Jesus, master, have pity on us. When he saw them, he said to them, go show yourselves to the priests. And as they went, they were cleansed. Then one of them, when he saw that he was healed, turned back praising, come on, there it is, praising. Praising God in a loud voice and he fell on his face at Jesus' feet giving him thanks. Now he was a Samaritan. Then Jesus answered, were not 10 cleansed? Where are the nine? Was no one found to return and give what? Praise, Praise 
to God except this foreigner. And Jesus said to him, rise and go, your faith has made you well. In the King James translation, it says your faith has made you whole. Your faith has made you whole. Church, see this. Nine got healing, one got wholeness. And the only thing that separated those that got healing from the one that got wholeness was praise. Praise produces growth. Praise produces wholeness. Do you realize what scholars would say? Let me just quick history lesson. Scholars would say that, that the leprosy that these 10 men had, it was so severe that some of them were missing limbs. That's what leprosy is, flesh-eating disease. I don't missing ears, noses, limbs, right? They, they cry out to Jesus. Jesus heals all 10. So in other words, all 10 no longer have leprosy. They are healed from leprosy. But the one comes back praising God, and Jesus says to him, you shall be made whole. Scholars would say in that moment, not only does he no longer have leprosy, but whatever limbs he was missing, he got back. He was made whole. Growth happened in his life. Growth happened in his body because he had some praise. Praise produces growth. Praise leads to wholeness. See, too many of us have the posture perhaps of, God, make me whole and I'll praise you. When the current posture or the appropriate posture is, God, I'll praise you in advance with faith that you will make me whole. Leads to growth. As the band gets ready to join me, they can go ahead and come on out. We're gonna, we're gonna end with some praise. We're gonna end with some worship. Her is the fourth son, her. Now, her was particularly tough to research not because I couldn't find anything, but because I found a lot. Uh, many different translations of his name. I had to really kind of narrow some things down. And, you know, it should also be noted that, that this her right here in Scripture is the same her who joined Aaron in lifting up Moses' hands as Moses and, and, and Joshua then fought the Amalekites. Like, that, that's this her. He was there with Moses holding up his hands. The name her means white Pure liberty and freedom. Praise has the power to bring freedom. See, sometimes when we are having problems with freedom, perhaps it's because we're having problems with praise. Because praise produces freedom. Praise leads to freedom. Maybe this is why David would say, let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Maybe David understood that our praise and our freedom are correlated, that our praise and our freedom are connected. You see, freedom is at play when we praise. Freedom is at stake when we praise. Praise can set you free. We, we don't have time to look at this, but Acts 16 shows us very clearly. Paul and Silas are in prison and they begin to praise at the midnight hour and their chains come off. Praise set them free. Did you know that praise can tear down walls and bring liberty over what has fought against you for years? In Joshua chapter five and six, we're told that praise brought down the walls of Jericho, an enemy that had set itself up against the knowledge and the existence of the true God, Yahweh, for decades and generations, but a little bit of praise brought liberty over an enemy that was there for a long, long time. Praise ushers in the Spirit of God. And where the Spirit of God is, there is liberty and freedom. 
2 Corinthians. The best chance the enemy has at keeping you from freedom is to shut up your praise. It's the best chance he has. He can't do anything about the free. He can't do anything about God sending freedom to you. The only thing he can try to get his hands in and mess up is you being praised. You, you setting up praise in your life. That's his best chance at stopping freedom. It's to just shut up our praise. Praise produces freedom. And the last son is this, Shobal. The last son. Shobal actually means a place of overflowing. It's interesting because the Hebrew root word actually implies that it is as the flowing of the train of the wedding gown on a bride. So the easy and natural thing here is praise produces overflow. Sure it does. Praise produces an overflow. But even beyond that, watch this church, praise is a preparation. See, I really honed in on that, that, that bride part. As the, over, as, the, as the flowing of the train of a wedding gown on a bride. Obviously being a pastor, there are uh, several times in any given year where I have the opportunity to officiate weddings. Uh, many of our pastors officiate weddings. We, we do it a lot. Just one of the, you sign up for it when you become a pastor. I'm gonna officiate weddings. And it's actually really fun. Uh, a lot of times, you know, you just get to see people and everyone's so full of joy and it's really exciting. Who wouldn't wanna be at like a super exciting time? Everyone's happy and, and so pumped up. And, and so one of the things that I kind of do while I'm officiating a wedding is on the day of, you know, just a little bit before the ceremony starts is I'll just go and, and, and quietly just go and, and maybe knock on the guy's room and knock on the, the lady's room where everyone's getting ready just to kind of check in, everyone doing all right, any last minute questions, everyone feeling good, know what's gonna take place, everyone remember where they're supposed to be, what they need to have, all that kind of stuff. And what I've noticed is that the vibe in the guy's room and the girl's room is always very different. It's like night and day, different. <clears throat> you go to the guy's room and uh, boy, they're, they're cutting up, they're joking, they're laughing. You know, the, the groomsmen are giving the groom a hard time and all this kind of stuff. And they're telling stories and laughing together. It took them all of like five minutes to put a tux on and comb their hair. Like there's really nothing to it, right? <clears throat> super chill, super relaxed. I go over to the bride's room though and it's like preparation on a whole nother level. Preparation for hours and hours and hours and hours and hours. And sometimes I'll go over and I'll knock on the, the, the bride's room door and I'll say, hey, hey, hey ladies, uh, how you guys doing? Is everyone ready? You guys ready? And sometimes I hear, no, 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 we're not, we're not ready. Don't come in. We're not ready. We're not ready. We're supposed to be walking down the aisle in about 60 seconds, but okay. You know, like the reason they're not ready yet is because they haven't finished preparing. They're not done prepared, but once prepared, they're, they're gonna be ready. You see, watch this, preparation proves readiness. Preparation proves readiness. So when I say praise is a preparation, you know what happens when we praise? You know what happens in in our flow of service, when we come in and the band sings a few songs at the beginning and, and we're all lifting our voice and lifting our hands and, and all, you know what we're actually doing is our praise is communicating to God, we're prepared and we're ready. We're ready. We're ready to meet with you. 
We're ready to meet. You have invited us. You have extended this invitation for us to come into your presence. And we are here with hands lifted and voices raised saying we are ready. And you know what happens when the Spirit comes to encounter us and meet with us? You know what he brings with him? Overflow. Shobal. Overflow. An overflow of joy an overflow of his goodness and his faithfulness and healing and miracles. He, he brings all of it with him. He brings overflow and we get to experience it. So what do we do from here? I wanna give us just some very practical things before we worship together. Here's the first thing I thought of in regards to praise. I just wanna show you how to implement praise in your life. Um, what I've done is, is, is when tragedy strikes in my life, I have learned that I actually don't often turn to scripture, I turn to praise. Because in really hard and difficult moments of life, what I have found, and this is just Clay talking to you, this is just some advice, if I may. What I've learned is that in difficult seasons of life, I actually don't need a theology lesson. I really just need to get on my face and begin to praise God for who he is and what he's done and what he's doing. That, that, that's just what I've learned. Perhaps that'll help some of you tonight when you go home and set up a little praise corner in the house before you go to bed. Because you've searched everywhere for the answer thus far but you have yet to try the remedy that scripture actually shows us that if you will just bring praise into the situation, it can actually provide a whole lot more than maybe you even realized. Okay, second thing I wanna say is, um, if praise for you is only happening during the corporate gatherings of church a couple times a week, then you are neglecting a very, very powerful weapon, spiritual weapon that God has given you. You ought to be stirring up praise all the time seven days a week, in the car, at home, getting ready with the kids, before dinner, after dinner, before you go to bed, well, whenever you can. It is only ever helping you, right? Stir up praise all the time. If you don't, you're trying to navigate life unarmed. When you don't do it, stir it up, man. It's not just for church, it's for all, all times. And the third one was this. Um, don't waste the praise moments during church services. It's not just, you know, song singing time it's actually break forth time it's a breakthrough time that's happening and so what I want to do right now is I want you to just put your, your pen and your paper down I just want us to stand to our feet all locations let's just stand to our feet right now I'm gonna go ahead and invite Marie and Ryan and the team and and just with the few minutes that we have remaining before you know Pastor Matt or someone comes up and kind of dismisses us and invites our care partners to pray with some people I just want us to not waste it anymore Maybe you got here a little late and, and understandably so, it, it was a monsoon out there. You're probably fighting traffic. Maybe you missed some praise on the front of tonight. Well, we're just gonna go ahead and stir it up again real quick because it's a, it's a very valuable moment. Maybe you never knew that it was actually a break forth moment. Maybe you never knew that it was a growth moment. Maybe you never knew it was a, a protection moment. Maybe you never knew that when we praise, the overflow comes into our life. But right now, just with hands lifted, come on, go ahead and enter in. You don't need the song. You don't need the, the, the singers to sing. Just go ahead and enter in. Go ahead. If anything is on your mind right now, if there is any need, just lift it up to God. Lift it up to God. If you need to get out of your seat and come forward, and step forward a little closer to the altar, maybe into the presence of God. You go ahead, you go ahead and come. And we're just gonna praise. So Father, in Jesus' name, Lord, we thank you that you have invited us. And Lord, we say yes to the great invitation. God, we come full of faith. We come expecting you to move. God, we thank you for the overflow that you bring. 
We thank you that you're bringing protection on our lives in Jesus' name. Lord, we thank you for it. Lord Jesus, you're so good. God, you're so good and we love you. We love you. Come on, let's just begin to sing. Let's just begin to sing. Thank you for tuning in to today's podcast. For more information about Celebration Church or to get in touch with us, please visit celebration.org.